Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. I'm sick of it. Are you sick of it? This war? I hate dumb wars. This is a war of choice. It should not be being waged right now. And war is terrible when armies clash with other armies. It's even worse when armies clash with innocent civilians, women and children. And that's what's been happening in Ukraine uh, every day of this conflict. Now, the first moment, silent movie, there's no audio, but a residential neighborhood hit. So we have lots of pictures, but finding out what's really happening over there is a little bit like looking through a straw and pointing at the sky at night and trying to understand the universe. I mean, there is a lot going on. It is confusing. They talk about the fog of war, but we knew to know this. Putin is not as smart as a lot of people thought he was, okay? I, I kept hearing, oh, Putin, he's a geopolitical genius, a master of the game. Not so much. And it looks like he made some fundamental miscalculations. And by the way, no matter how smart you are, everybody who wages a war, certainly a war of choice, makes some fundamental miscalculations. War usually is a miscalculation. It is based upon assumptions that don't pan out, things that you believe to be true or want to be true, it never quite works out that way. Uh, very interesting piece in the New Yorker of all places. And as for Putin, some big time miscalculations. He totally misread the Ukrainian people, right? He assumed the Ukrainians were weak and they couldn't or wouldn't fight, right? Wrong. They have been amazing, and it has shocked some of the Russians in the Kremlin. Also, Zelensky, who knew this guy was such a leader? Uh, he assumed that Zelensky was weak and incompetent, but he couldn't have been more wrong. We've all seen Zelensky. He's everywhere all the time. He is truly leading. Now, this miscalculation, you can, in a weird way, give Putin something of a pass on. 
nobody knew that this guy had it in him. He was a comedian. He was not living up to a lot of the promises he made during his campaign, and he was doing very poorly in the polls pre-invasion. About 25% of the population liked this guy. Now it's 99% of the population, and for good reason, all right? We're watching it. Also, as far as miscalculations go, Putin does not have the information he needs to make valid calculations. He is not being told information he does not want to hear. Uh, who remembers when he, the, the intel chief stood up and said, uh, we think you should consider a couple of other things, and he shut him down right in front of everybody. Поддерживаю предложение о вхождении Донецкой и Луганской народных республик в состав Российской Федерации. Мы об этом, мы об этом не говорим, мы этого не обсуждаем. Мы говорим, мы говорим о признании их независимости или нет. Да, я поддерживаю предложение о признании независимости. Хорошо, пожалуйста, садитесь, спасибо. All right, now we don't speak the language, but that was a major, major public slapdown. Um, Mediocre people around him, that has some advantages. They don't gather to uh, take power from him. They're too inept to do that, but they don't have, they're not very good at their jobs. Take his defense minister, a guy named uh, Sergei uh, Sogru, I believe. He spent most of his life as a construction manager. Uh, this uniform he's wearing, I don't think he rates most of those medals. Uh, he's just a guy who was friendly with Putin. Let's put his resume up on the board, please. You see this stuff? I mean, uh, civil engineering, uh, Ministry of uh, Emergency Situations, no military background, uh, wasn't in the military, and of course, never saw combat. So as much as we don't like Russia right now, we have to remember this. You got to give them a way out, a face-saving way out. Build your opponent a golden bridge to retreat across, according to Sun Tzu, the famous Chinese military strategist. I mean, if he doesn't have a way out, if he fights to the death, if he annihilates all of Ukraine because he has no other option, that's a lot worse. He needs a way out, and he needs to be provided a way out and I think that Donald Trump would know that instinctively. Don't you? <laughs> I, I, most of us believe that this would not be happening if he were still in power because he had a knack, actually, for not starting wars. This is from the rally the other night. The fake news said my personality would get us into a war. I'm telling you, that guy's going to get us into a war. But actually, my personality is what kept us out of war. was the only president in nearly four decades who did not get America into any new conflicts. Instead, I brought our troops and our wonderful children back home. I brought them back home where they belong. It's actually longer than four decades. Uh, he sells himself short. The fake news always tries to say, oh, this is not. It is true. It is absolutely true. Let's take a look, shall we? Wars started by presidents over the years, or at least were involved in or had some sort of role. They happened on their watch, the Libyan Civil War in 2011. Yes, that actually happened. George W. Bush. We know all about that. Uh, Bill Clinton, uh, left and right, there were conflicts uh, on his watch. George H.W. Bush, of course, yes. Um, even Ronald Reagan, and we love Reagan. Uh, yes, he had these to contend with. And uh, Jimmy Carter, of course, the Iran debacle. Even Gerald Ford had some uh, 
incidents to deal with. The Mayaguez incident, very famous. Richard Nixon, invasion of Cambodia. A lot of folks did not like that. Lyndon Johnson, well, I mean, obviously, the Vietnam War was already underway, but greatly, greatly expanded it. John F. Kennedy, the Bay of Pigs. And Eisenhower, a lot of people don't associate him with the Vietnam War, but yes, the Vietnam War started on his watch. President Trump, when he talks about that, oh, Harry S. Truman, I'm sorry, don't want to forget him. Yes, the Korean War. Um, a lot of this is, you know, some of these wars may have been justified, but Donald Trump is not misleading people when he says no new wars, no new conflicts under his watch. These were already ongoing um, events, and he was perhaps involved, but they were ongoing. He inherited them or stopped them. Have you heard about the big companies who are canceling uh, business operations in Russia? A lot of big names. However, some are sticking around. Microsoft, Microsoft is still over there. They suspended new sales in Russia, uh, but they continue to support existing customers and they're providing access to Windows software and, and Xbox games. You gotta keep those kids uh, engaged, I guess, I guess. It's pretty interesting though, Microsoft, you know, they, they are one of the wokest companies out there. This is how they started a recent webinar, you know, web training for their employees. Take a look. Hello and welcome to Microsoft Ignite. We've got a big day ahead and lots in store for you. First, we want to acknowledge that the land where the Microsoft campus is situated was traditionally occupied by the Sammamish, the Duwamish, the Snoqualmie, the Suquamish, the Muckleshoot, the Snohomish, the Tulalip, and other Coast Salish peoples since time immemorial. A people that are still here, continuing to honor and bring to light their ancient heritage. What about the current heritage of Ukraine, okay? <laughs> Isn't it, you act this virtuous about ancient Indian cultures that you know nothing about, and somehow it gives you moral authority to do whatever you want, like continue to do business with Russia. Uh, uh, what else did she say? My name is Allison Wines. I'm a senior program manager in our developer tools division. I'm an Asian and white female with dark brown hair wearing a red sleeveless top. Who talks like this, except woke companies so convinced of their righteousness, and then they can do things that they probably shouldn't be doing, like continue to do business in Russia, or maybe with countries that have illegalized homosexuality. You know, you can be put to death in some countries for being gay. It's true, and there are a lot of companies, some of the wokest of the bunch, uh, still do business with horrible, horrible regimes. In the meantime, those companies give money to politicians who just love to wear the colors of Ukraine, a pretty meaningless gesture. I mean, I guess it's kind of nice, but it doesn't re really mean all that much. And where are we? We are weaker because of what's happening over there. I do blame Joe Biden. I do blame that we don't have President Trump anymore. And I don't think Iran would have launched missiles that came damn near close to our diplomatic facility in Erbil, Iraq this past weekend. Do you? Not in a million years with Trump on the scene. Stay with us. You know who else is feeling their oats lately? North Korea launching missiles left and right all of a sudden. Be right back. 
Hi, Rob Carson here. If you love watching Newsmax, you're really going to love listening to our new podcast. It's called the Newsmax Daily. I host it, and I give you the best briefing of the big news of the day, top newsmaker interviews, and even, yes, a few laughs. I know it's hard to believe. So if you're uh, driving, walking, exercising, just about anywhere, you can connect with the Newsmax Daily with me, Rob Carson. Find our podcast online or go to iPhone, Spotify, iHeart, Stitcher, and more, and start listening today. All I can can say is that the fake news just doesn't get it, do they? Did you see the Trump rally on Saturday night in South Carolina? It was terrific. A little bit short because it was so cold outside. But you need this guy to say things what others refuse to say, especially, especially the fake news. Joe Biden failed to deter Russia's outrageous invasion of Ukraine. You could take the five worst presidents in American history and put them together and they would not have done the damage Joe Biden has done in just 13 months. I think that resonates with the American people, don't you? Afghanistan, you know, the fake news media may have forgotten it, may brush it off, whatever. China, Putin, (laughs) our adversaries, They were taking notes, and even the experts on the left acknowledge this set us way, way back. And overall, we see Joe Biden day in and day out. He just doesn't have it. There's something weak about him, and that's part of the equation. Big time. Okay, back to the rally. Next on Ukraine, please. The Russian invasion of Ukraine is a terrible atrocity that should never have been allowed to happen. It would have never happened. I know I speak for everyone here tonight when I say we are praying for the proud people of Ukraine. They are going through hell. They are fighters and God bless them all. You know, they always say that President Trump says horrible things, inappropriate things. This was his message about Ukraine from the night they invaded. He said how terrible the situation and how sad it was. His comments always always distorted by the fake news. Next. Make no mistake, however, that Russia would not have dared to annex one inch of territory if I was in the White House. In fact, they never did it when I was there. And the American people believe that overwhelmingly. 62% of the American people believe this would not have happened if President Trump were still president. And oh, by the way, the weaponry, a lot of the weaponry that the Ukrainians had, the Ukrainians had just before the invasion came from Trump. And remember that with Ukraine, I sent the javelins that you see are so effective against the tanks. Biden didn't. And in fact, he ended our last order. Probably it'll get there because everyone realized it was the right thing to do. This is true. This is true. And those javelins, they are so effective. They're relatively easy to use, shoulder fired, and it can take out a tank. And there's one right there. Uh, And they're making the difference. They need more of them, by the way. You have to remember President Trump, everything he said about Ukraine and armaments, even while he was president and since He's always been right. You know what the javelins are? The anti-tank weapons, they knock the hell out of those tanks. And Ukraine wouldn't be having a chance without them. That was all sent by me, all of it. We sent other military equipment, too. We didn't send our soldiers, but we sent them a lot of equipment. 
And uh, who didn't send the equipment? The Biden administration. President Obama met with Poroshenko afterwards at the White House, said only non-lethal aid, however, would be provided. We are providing um, non-lethal assistance. Uh, But the fact is, militarily, um, as Crimea demonstrated, uh, Ukraine is outgunned. Vice President Biden heads to Ukraine this week, offering moral support to go along with the non-lethal aid pledged by the United States. All right, there you go. Hard to find, by the way, but all that happened. More from President Trump. We need to help stop this brutal invasion. We also have to clean out the rot of our failed foreign policy establishment. It is indeed rotten to the core before these total lunatics lead us down the path of national ruin and World War III. It is wild that the deep state covered for Hunter and Joe Biden, huh? These guys, remember all the money they got? Oh yeah, oh yeah, this is a matter of public record. And the State Department, they were mildly uncomfortable with it, but it happened anyway. Do you understand that that arrangement, Hunter Biden's um, role on the Burisma board, caused him enough concern that, as he testified in uh, his statement, that in February of 2015, I raised my concern that Hunter Biden's status as a board member could create the perception of a conflict of interest. He went on to talk about the vice president's responsibilities over the Ukraine and or over Ukraine, Ukrainian policy as one of those factors. Do you recall that? Yes. Did you ever, do you agree with that? Yeah. That it was a legitimate concern to raise? I, I think that it could raise um, the appearance of a conflict of interest. You had to pull it out of her, right? Pulling teeth. Uh, they basically covered for the Bidens because they're Democrats, because they're deep staters. All right, wrapping up from President Trump. Despite all of Biden's weakness, cowardice, and incompetence, there is still a path for him to end this tragedy in Ukraine without getting Americans snared in a gruesome and very bloody war. I would actually like to know how, really. What is the option? This must make clear to Putin that he has two choices, to negotiate peace right now or else face blistering consequences, including a push to permanently eliminate dependence on Russian energy. That could be decisive. And the Europeans are still very, very iffy about it. Finally. And for all the talk about violent conflict in Eastern Europe, and it's a terrible thing, and we're going to help, and we're going to do whatever we can, because nobody can look at the bloodshed much longer, what's happening. It's a lack of respect for a lot of people, a lot of things, but it's just a total lack of respect. And it happens to be a man that is just driven, he's driven to put it together, and you look at it and it's just so ridiculous and so senseless and so horrible. And I say it again and I'll say it again and again, it should have never happened. If he respected our president, it would have never, ever happened. Lack of respect. If you look carefully at these pictures with Biden and Putin. I think Putin may have made up his mind right then and there. I'm invading. This is June of last year. However, what do you see in this picture, in this video, huh? (laughs) 
I just don't think sometimes it's that. It's an animal thing. I don't think he would have messed with Trump. Do you? 62% of you do not believe he would have gone in if Trump were still there. Hey, one thing I really, really hate so much of America is emulating, uh, ooh, North Korea is feeling its oats. They are launching missiles left and right. Kim Jong-un has been in power for uh, 10 years. Already he has launched uh, maybe 10, 12 times more missiles than his father, his predecessor, launched. And now he's launching them all the time. This guy also senses vulnerability. Amid all of this, the American culture seems to be emulating Russia. You know who Oliver Stone is, right, the filmmaker? He's not my favorite. He's done some notable films, though. Let's see, Platoon, Wall Street, uh, JFK. So he's got this movie. It's a documentary about uh, Ukraine and NATO and Russia. And I guess it's somewhat anti-NATO, anti-United States. Uh, Maybe it's favorable to the Russians. Who knows? I have not seen it. And it's very difficult to see it. First, they kicked it off YouTube, then they brought it back, then they put a big warning on it, and then it had to live on Rumble, and now it might be on Google again. But everybody who tried to watch it this weekend, it stopped playing in the middle of it. They don't trust us. They really don't trust us, big tech. What's up with that? Maybe they'd be more comfortable in Russia. This is not right, it's not American. You know who does seem kind of American to me? Believe it or not, he's a Ukrainian lawmaker who's picking up weapons and fighting the Russians. He's like a member of their parliament. He's like a congressman who said, I've got to fight for my country and I'm going to do it. We meet him next. Real heroes. Real conflict. Real threats. Real heart. Now, there's a place America gets its news. No agenda. Just the facts. Newsmax. Real news for real people. My name is Alex Gonchiremko, member of the Parliament of Ukraine. I'm staying in Kiev near a big residential building, which was hit this morning, just three hours ago, by direct uh, heavy artillery shell. And you see the place where it, uh, it happened. And uh, two people are killed, nine are injured. This is a big, big house with more than 100 apartments. In this place, up to 300 people lived before the war. And uh, we are just staying, you see the completely residential area, 10 meters from here, stadium. Here, there is a school. School is also damaged by heat wave. That's what is Putin doing. That's a genocide in the 21st century in the middle of Europe. Please help us to protect our women and children. Non-fly zone, aircraft, air defense. That's what we need to stop this mad dictator. Wow, he was uh, part wartime correspondent, part soldier. Did you catch the beginning? Alexei Goncharenko is a member of the Ukrainian parliament, and he is fighting for his country, quite literally. Uh, Mr. Kornichenko, welcome to Newsmax. Uh, very compelling video. How are you? Hello. Hello. Uh, how are you? How is Ukraine right now? Uh Thank you. I'm fine. Uh, but Ukraine is in a difficult situation. We are fighting. I'm sure we will win. But uh, it is difficult. Uh, hundreds of our people are already killed. Every day, hundreds are killed again. I mean, new and new people. Civilians, first of all. More civilians are dying than military people. 
because like you saw Putin is attacking just uh, our like to trying to to terrorize uh, just civilians because he couldn't do anything with our army our army is holding the ground he the, his plans failed of encircling Kiev of taking Kiev he can't take any big city in Ukraine uh, but now he is just bombing our women children pregnant women and newborns in maternity houses uh, elderly people that's what he is doing and that's why we're so desperately asking for help to protect our skies because on the land we are protecting our country but in the skies we don't have enough weapon we don't have enough aircraft air defense and that is so important for us you are a member of the parliament in our country you would be like a member of congress a congressman uh, yeah. putting on the uniform is is quite a step uh, could you tell us a little bit specifically about what you're doing? Do you have experience in it? Were you in the military, in the reserves, or uh, and, and what's this transition been like? I am absolutely civilian person. I've never had any military experience. Uh, but after the start of Putin's invasion, it was just a new phase of his war against Ukraine that he started in uh, 2014, but new big wave escalation just recently. I joined territorial defense with thousands of my compatriots, altogether more than 100,000 Ukrainian citizens uh, joined territorial defense. It's kind of civilian militia, and uh, we received weapons, me too. That is my weapon, which is now always with me, uh, and it's an automatic rifle. And uh, we are like doing auxiliary missions, uh, assistant missions, helping to evacuate people, uh, helping, uh, like, in the situation, like, after this bombing that you showed at the beginning. Um, our territorial defense battalion, some people were already in fighting, some not, me not. I was not in fighting at the moment. Uh, I don't know, maybe if our armies will hold the ground so bravely, like they are doing it now, maybe I will not need to fight at all. But I am uh, also, like, I have my shift at checkpoints. So we are doing our best to help our army uh, and also to inform people in the world what's happening. President uh, Biden has been uh, very categorical that U.S. troops will not get involved in this conflict, at least on the ground. I'd like to play you that clip, if you don't mind, uh, sir. We... Uh are not going to get into a war with Russia. Russia and the United States have long agreed that nuclear use would have devastating consequences and have stated many times, including earlier this year, that a nuclear war cannot be won and must never be fought. We have no intention of fighting Russia. You hear the reluctance to get involved with our own people. Uh, that's the administration's position. What is your reaction to that? Uh, I realized uh, that uh, American citizens and American administration and politics are worried about them. So we don't ask for your boots on the ground. We don't ask for your pilots in the skies. But we ask to help us with weapons. We are fighting not only for ourselves, but for the whole free world. If Putin will be successful in Ukraine, other dictators will attack other aims throughout the planet. And Putin will go further. He will attack Baltic countries, Poland. And in this case, Americans will already fight because these countries are members of NATO. And also President Biden said that he will and Americans will defend every inch 
of NATO countries' uh, territory. So you will need to fight in this case. And Putin is saying clearly, I will go further and I want to go further. So we can stop Putin now in Ukraine. Let's do it. But we need help. And now we are receiving javelins and stingers from also United States. And we are very thankful for this. But why we can't we receive aircraft and patriots and more stingers and more javelins? That we are asking for. We will do everything ourselves. But please provide us with weapons. So I can't understand when I've heard from administration, President Biden, that we cannot provide Ukrainians with aircraft. Why? There will be no American pilots inside, just Ukrainians. What is the difference with stingers? No, I don't see any. We have to let you go in a moment. Let me ask you this, if you don't mind. If you look on social media, Instagram, videos that are coming from the battlefield, we see the horror. We also see the setbacks for the Russian military. We see that convoy that's all bogged down. We see Russian aircraft being shot down. Sometimes it looks like the Ukrainian military is actually winning this thing. Um, you, you, you touched on this earlier. Who is winning at this point? I, it, the war isn't won on Twitter and social media. From what you're hearing, what you're seeing, and what you're being told, who's winning? We will win because it is our land and we will stay till then, whatever the end will be. But I'm sure that we will win. Alexei, Alexei Goncharenko, Ukrainian member of parliament. All the best. Good luck. And please stay in touch. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. And if you see President Zelensky, please give him our best. We'll be right back. You are looking at Sergeant Paul Gray on duty there a few years back in Iraq. Here he is shortly after he got home. He served multiple tours in Iraq in the 101st Airborne Division, left the military, and guess where he is now? <laughs> He's in Ukraine training soldiers there. This is a choice he made, and he's doing it right now. Take a look. Hello, everyone. Uh, I'm still here. We're training. We're building defenses. Uh, we're training civilians, getting ready to fight. Just want to say I miss you, love you. Take care. That's him, Paul Gray. He's a civilian now, not working for the U.S. military. He's doing this on his own in Ukraine, and he joins us right now. Uh, Paul Gray, welcome to Newsmax. How are you? How are you, first of all? Good to see you. Uh, thank you for having me. Um, well, I'm very busy right now, and it's a critical time for Ukraine. So uh, I'm every day from, from when I wake up to when I go to sleep, I'm just helping the country here. Why are you doing that? We all see the pictures. We all see it's horrible. We don't want, you know, Putin should not have done this. But why you? And why now? Uh, this is a big step. And you don't have to take it. We're, we admire you, but why? Well, I chose to stay here, actually. I moved here a year and a half ago. Um, I was visiting Ukraine, and I saw how beautiful the country was and how rich it is. It's over a thousand years old of being a European Christian country. It's the largest country in Europe, if you don't count Russia. So it's a, it's a great place to enjoy life. And I decided to reside in Kiev. And um, when the when the war and the invasion with Russia became very evident, I uh, went to the uh, most established foreign legion here and volunteered my services to start 
training Ukrainians and foreign volunteers here to resist the invasion and to defend the city that I live in. That's pretty wild. So a year and a half ago, you moved to Ukraine, you fall in love with it, or you go there, you fall in love with it. Are you a citizen? Did you become a citizen? No, I, I was a resident. And so uh, I started a, a fitness studio late last year. Uh, that's over with now with the invasion. Most of the the stores and businesses have had to like shut down permanently or temporarily. But uh, I've just been a volunteer and a resident in Kiev for the um, past year and a half. And so life was going very well. Um, uh, it's e very easy to make friends over here. They really love Americans and they really want to be part of the, the Western world. And so uh, it's an amazing place to live. Uh, and I'm sh I really hope that uh, it will be soon that uh, the Ukrainians will be able to come home and rebuild their country. Your family back in America, have they been asking you to come home? How do they feel about you remaining there during this time? They're all concerned for me, uh, as any uh, good family would be. They're in Texas. Uh, I miss them, and I talk to them every day. Um, initially, they thought it was best when all the Americans were leaving to, to go, but now they understand how my conviction and clarity on this issue, and, and they do support me. And so uh, that's very motivating. And I've got a, uh, just such an outreach of support from Texas and across America. Um, and I, I can see where my, uh, my homeland is with these people. Um, and so like my friend uh, Brian and Brian Price and his Ukrainian wife, Alexandra, they're in Austin. They uh, are rallying Austin, Texas to, to support uh, the Georgian Foreign Legion, which I've joined in my, in my uh, training Ukrainians. And now we're kind of past the point of training. And now uh, we're actually defending and fighting and helping Ukrainian army forces. Yeah. So what does that look like, if you don't mind? Like, you're very busy. What specifically are, are you doing uh, and what's it like? So the Georgian Foreign Legion has multiple locations across Ukraine. And so we are now uh, part of the Ukrainian defense. And so we go where we're asked to go. And so wherever hot spots pop up, uh, we're, we're volunteers to go there and help with the fight, um, help defend against uh, Russian armor or infantry advances. And so uh, you have fighters from across Europe and the United States, Canada, Australia and most of the countries of the free world. And so these men are volunteers. And so they're going there and um, helping Ukraine hold the line. So many Ukrainians have been uh, killed or wounded or just uh, after now, it's almost three weeks of really intense fighting. And so it's good to help in and step in and help the front line there. We have some video of the president of Ukraine visiting wounded soldiers. Everybody is impressed across the globe, really, about his leadership style. He seems to be everywhere. He seems somewhat he seems fearless. Um, let me ask you this from where you are. And we're, we're looking at videos sporadically. They don't tell the whole picture, the whole story, of course. From what you're seeing. Are the Ukrainians winning? Are they holding their own? They seem to be holding their own. I read something today that, you know, that's a little bit of an illusion that the Russians really do have the upper hand. Just given your experience, where you are, what you know, who's winning? 
Well, every every inch of Ukraine that they take, they're losing the uh, war in the hearts of the world and Ukrainians. Um, a lot of the places where, of course, logistically, Russia would be expected to take there in the east and the southeast, uh, Russia has now occupied those uh, cities like Mariupol and Kherson. But definitely the, the Russian advance has been stopped and heroically here in Kiev. Uh, and so... I don't think that Russia can win this war. I mean, it's a country the size of Texas. You'd have to get rid of all the Ukrainians to win this war. I mean, that's just not going to happen. Um, everybody that's under, say, like 45 here in Ukraine uh, grew up in a free and independent Ukraine since uh, 1990. It's been independent. And so it's just unthinkable that these people would want to be um, part of the Kremlin again in the Kremlin world because they had that experience and it was tragic for Ukraine. Uh, there was the Kremlin-enforced famine that killed millions of Ukrainians in the 1930s. Um, it was just, they remember what it was like under the Kremlin and they'll never ever allow their children or families to be part of that if they can, if it's up to them. So I don't see how Russia can win this war. And now that it's in going into its third week, um, you see that uh, Ukraine will be able to hold its own. Yeah. It's just really important to get these people uh, anti-tank, anti-aircraft. And I would love to see uh, Ukraine established as a uh, no-fly zone by the world because um, I think any one, any country that's aircraft should be uh, have their aircraft open to retaliation by the free world. The Ukrainian air skies should be part of the free world, and so should Ukraine. It's being talked about. It is seriously being talked about. Let me, um, let me get your take. Uh, what are they saying about Americans? What are they, how do they feel about American support or lack there? What are Ukrainians saying about American handling of this thing so far? Overall, they love America, and they're just extremely um, thankful for the support of the past years and years. America has been here supplying logistics, helping train. Um, myself, and I know a lot of Ukrainians who never asked uh, to must send their troops in to another place to go fight, but you can volunteer and come here, and you can sign a contract with the Ukrainian military. You can come here on your own as an individual. So I think that's the way to go for all Americans that want to uh, want to come help the fight here. But overall, Ukrainians uh, and, and Americans are the best of friends, and I've had a bad experience with the thousands of Ukrainians I've met. They all love American presence here, and they want to be part of, uh, of our world. And so... They understand the American support. They've seen the hundreds of millions of dollars that have been sent to Ukraine in the past few years. And it doesn't matter what administration, they know that America is going to stand with them as far as uh, moral and financial support. Uh, I, I think that America needs to send the arsenal of democracy that we did to Europe before they entered the fight of World War II. Uh, a year before that, they were already um, in it with uh, material and financial support. So. I think it's the year 2022. It's 80 years later, but we could have a new arsenal of democracy for Europe. Paul Gray, wild, wild uh, experience you're having. Uh, so glad we got to talk to you. We wish you the very, very best, okay? Thank you. God bless and Slava Ukraine. Love it. Love it. Thank you, Paul. And we'll be right back.
You know about the refugee crisis in Ukraine? A million people, at least I think they're up to so far, on their way out of the country. Where will they go? It's far worse than anything we had to, uh, we saw in Afghanistan. Thankfully, there are some great organizations trying to assist, including the International Fellowship of Christian and Jews. And good for them, good for us, Governor Mike Huckabee is associated with this group. He is a volunteer. I believe he's also a board member. Governor Huckabee, welcome back to the show. How are you? Well, I'm doing fine. I tell you, we're doing a lot better than those folks who are stuck in Ukraine and under the uh, relentless pursuit of a very evil man, Vladimir Putin. And thank you for calling attention to what's happening there, Greg. Of course. Thank you, Governor. Uh, number one, any sense of religious persecution happening there at all? I know uh, sometimes sporadically we hear about that. Are you hearing anything um, like that from the ground there? I think it's hard to get really good information if the persecution is religious in nature, is it directed, but it's going indiscriminately. So whether a person is Jewish or Christian, it doesn't matter. I think that right now Putin is not targeting people as much as he is just going after anyone. But there are 200,000 Jewish people alone just in the Ukraine. And, uh, you know, what's really tragic is uh, many of them are unable to get connections to get out. So the International Fellowship of Christians and Jews is chartering planes from Israel. They're flying into Moldova, and that airport is closed, but they get special permission to come in. They deliver 15 metric tons of food and supplies and then fill it up with 170 immigrants to fly back to Israel so that they can make Aliyah and become Israeli citizens and to, uh, to be able to escape this terror. Uh, we're looking at some uh, video, and it looks fabulous. These big jets going into Moldova. Uh, beautiful, beautiful work. Any idea, by the way, um, where they will go next? And can you tell us a little bit about the group, Christ Fellowship of Christians and Jews? I like it already. Fellowship. Well, you know, Greg, it's, it's a wonderful organization where Christian people who recognize the uh, biblical significance of uh, being friends to the Jewish people uh, give generously and they help people that maybe are, are being forgotten. Often Holocaust survivors, there are some of those in Ukraine. But the fellowship uh, is a way in which Christian people can express their love, their appreciation uh, for the Jewish people, because without uh, a Jewish foundation, there is no Christian faith. It's all built upon it. And it's, uh, it's a great way to build bridges and to, uh, to significantly help people. Right now, the fellowship has given $3 million in uh, overall aid and a $1 million in emergency aid just to Ukraine since this all has started in the past couple of weeks. Governor, um, I'm glad you're doing that, and people can go to ifcj.org for more information. I'm looking at you right now. I think the beard really works. You got this Lincoln <laughs> thing going on. You know, uh, you're. What do you? Th you in public service again? I see it happening. What are you? Uh, what are you looking at, if anything? 
Greg, I think I probably am finished running for anything again. Uh, you know, I want to continue being active and helping other people. And uh, one of the ways that I'm enjoying serving is helping organizations like the Fellowship of Christians and Jews, Samaritan's Purse, and others, faith-based organizations that really do use their money wisely and are good stewards of it. And the people can know that when they give, it's actually going to the people who desperately need it. And that's comforting, I think, to the donors. Love it. Governor Huckabee, many, many thanks. Best to your daughter, maybe a future governor, we hope. And uh, we can count on it, I think. Thank you, Governor Huckabee, and we'll be right back. News breaks every minute, every day. You need the app, the Newsmax app. Find it free on your smartphone store. Then watch us anytime, anywhere. Okay, thanks so much for watching, and uh, let's hope they come to a resolution over there, huh? Stanchfield is next. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.